Hi, and welcome to Christian Life Fellowship. My name is John, and this is the recording from Sunday, June 13th. Well, good morning. Uh, it's good to see you all. Thanks so much for coming. Um, just a, a couple announcements for you um, before we get into today's message. And uh, the first has to do with um, uh, what we talked about last Sunday with, uh, you know, the recent discovery of the, the remains of 250 children and the former residential school in Kamloops, in that um, the, um, our, our provincial um, part of the PAOC, the Pentecost Assemblies of Canada, of which we are affiliated and a part, um, they have, um, they've asked that June 27th be um, recognized as Reconciliation Day. And so uh, we are, as a church, going to take part of that. It will be like a 10 or a 15 part, cer- or 10 or 15 minute ceremony as a part of our service that morning on the on the 27th in response and um yeah i just wanted to make you aware of that you can be praying about it and um uh, i'm looking forward to to that uh in response to what's happened uh another thing i want to let you to know about is um uh, if you know Sh- uh, shashi and, and marina i'm never going to say t- talon chimir they're here somewhere. Yeah. Hey, did I say it right? All right. Close. All right. Thanks, Marina. Um, uh, so um, Shashi has a, um, has a cousin in, um, who is from Congo, as he is, and who is currently a refugee in Uganda. He and his family fled um, Congo due to violence. Um, his, actually, his oldest son at one point had been kidnapped by um, like a... a um, an army faction there, and uh, l- he managed to escape and, and uh, reconnected with his family. We are going to help that family uh, immigrate um, as refugees here into Canada, into Campbell River, so that they can find a new life. And um, uh, in that, um, I've agreed that, that we're going to help with that. And so if you would like to be involved, if you'd like to be a part of the planning committee, the fundraising committee, um, please come talk to me. Um, we need to raise uh, somewhere, is it $35,000? $35,000. They've already got uh, over 10000 I think. And so um, uh, we need to raise the money as part of that. We're actually going to have a yard sale here on Saturday, July 10th as a fundraiser. If you have items that you want to donate, um, right, one man's junk is another man's treasure. That's the that's the yard sale motto, right? And uh, um, and so if you have things you'd want to donate, please come talk to me, and we'll get that arranged. Or if you simply want to help with the fundraiser, uh, yeah, you're going to hear more about that in, in the future. Um, I've asked Sashi if he would uh, present something on a Sunday, and so he's going to do that. You'll get to hear some of their story. And uh, I, I'm just really I'm excited. I'm looking forward to. Um, the potential, the possibility of us helping a family. Uh, this is going to change their lives. And so um, uh, it's going to be a long process, just so you know. The, uh, the application date is January 1st, and then it takes uh, some time, uh, up to a couple years, before everything actually gets in place. But um, uh, I, as I said, I'm excited about the potential, the possibility of how we can help this family. So if you're interested, please come talk to me. And uh, we'd love to have you involved. All right, um, 
I, I've told you this story before, but uh, it, it fits with, with today's message. And, um, but some years ago, like maybe 15 years ago, I was, um, I was helping a, a small church out. I was, uh, they were in between pastors, and so I was filling in for them on Sundays. And um, it, was, it was a tiny little church in this town in southern Ontario. And, um, um, and so my oldest daughter, Abby, was um, like she was five or six. And uh, um, we had three girls at that point, And I think um, Chloe maybe was, um, Angela might have been pregnant with Chloe. I don't remember. Anyways, so uh, we went one Sunday. And, um, uh, you know, we, we were there. And we were going back the next Sunday. And I was thought, oh, I know how to get there. I, I don't need a map. I don't need a you know a GPS or anything. I know how to get there. Well, I didn't know how to get there, and uh, and so we're on the drive. We're driving. We're driving, and suddenly we're like very lost, and uh, and I'm starting to get you know a little bit stressed, a little bit anxious because it's like 30 minutes to church starts, and I'm not there yet, and then it's like 15 minutes, and then it's 15 minutes after church starts, and and then we're really lost, and so we showed up like a good hour late. And by the time we got there, of course, our kids had been in the vehicle for, uh, at that point, like a couple hours. And we get there, and church is over. They're, like, on their way out, and we're meeting them at the door. We're like, hey, this is really awkward and embarrassing. And, uh, you know, we chatted with them and said we're sorry. And, and our kids had gotten out of the car because they were so happy to get out of the car. And then, of course, we turn around and say to them, uh, really sorry, it's time to get back in the car and go home. And Abigail looked me right in the face and said, maybe you should let mom drive next time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'd lost our way. It was embarrassing. Uh, one of my closest friends, Derek, um, he, he's, uh, he lives in Iowa right now. Um, Derek is, um, he was, he, I, I haven't driven with him for a long time, but um, when we were together more, he was infamous for Derek would, if he was driving somewhere and he didn't know where he was going and you were giving him directions, he'd be so busy talking. Right, and you'd say, "Okay, turn left here," and Derek would like hit his signal and turn right, and you'd be like, "No, no, I, I meant the other left." He just, he just lost his way all the time. It was just what he was like. We've probably all lost our way at some point or time in life, haven't we? Sure, right. And sometimes it isn't just being physically lost. Sometimes we let things like worry, or despair, or fear, or anger overwhelm us. And in those moments, it can feel like we've lost our bearings, right? Like we've lost our way. Most of us like a, a sense of stability in life, don't we? And, uh, but, you know, life, life has this way of messing with us, doesn't it? From maybe losing a job to finding out you have a serious illness to the death of uh, a loved one in your family or a friend. Life has a way of... of bringing situations and circumstances that make us feel unstable. I think, you know, the last 15 or 16 months of COVID has taught us some things about ourselves, hasn't it? Not all of it good. Some of it's good, not all of it is, though. But it, and if you've um, reflected or spent any time, you, you've maybe figured out, you know, where, where your faith is at, your maturity in, in faith, um, or what or who really matters to you through COVID. There's a chance COVID has affected your job, may have affected your, your family, your relationships. It's certainly affected how we function as a church, right? I mean, it, 
I don't mind being outside. I don't love being outside. <laughs> right? Um, it, it's affected how we do life. I don't, I don't know if anybody's really thrilled about this. And the thing is, right, your true character gets revealed during difficulty. The good and the bad of it. And it, it, when, you, it, or when you find the bad of it, it can make you feel like you lose your way a little bit. And, of course, complicating all of this for a believer is the fact that we have an enemy who is looking to rob, kill, and destroy. In John 10.10, where Jesus describes that, where he tells us that that's what the enemy is up to, he also tells us this. He says that he came to give us life, abundant, rich, satisfying life. And, um, you know, I... I've certainly run into believers that were disillusioned and disgruntled, and and you probably have too. If you haven't, it it might be you, but uh, just a thought. Um, You know, but I I sometimes, you know, I, I wonder as I look at who we are as individuals, but who we are as a church, I often wonder, I I think, like, Jesus, is this really what you had in mind? Is this what you had in mind when you described an abundant life? You know, because it, it would seem as though, and again, like this, this is what COVID feels a lot like. It would seem as though lots of us are just trying to survive, right? Not actually thrive. There, you know, we don't have that deep sense of abundance that Jesus refers to. You know, and individuals just just that trying to survive instead of thrive we we have churches that are declining and closing instead of multiplying you know before covid our church had grown about 40% over 2 years and th- and that's wonderful i mean i i celebrated that but at the same time you know i i was often asking myself the question are people really connecting to jesus to that to that life changing person of Jesus. I mean, I wonder why we settle for anything less than what Jesus has paid for for us. Haven't, haven't you ever wondered if, if there isn't more to faith than what you're currently experiencing? I know I have. And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm one of the disillusioned, disgruntled people. Maybe I am. You could tell me if I am. You might not get a response you like, but you can tell me if I, if I am. But I've often wondered if there isn't more to faith than what we're currently experiencing. I mean, isn't knowing Jesus supposed to change everything? And honestly, it, it, it feels like in some ways we've maybe lost our way. COVID's given us a chance to reflect, to think, to, to wonder. And, and in lots of ways, I feel like we have put our trust in, in politicians, pastors, and programs, in and alliteration, apparently. That's funny. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I knew some of you'd get it. <laughs> right? We, we've put our trust in, in external things. But there's only one person who is the way. And when we center our lives around him, what we find is an infinitely loving, incredibly alive person. It's not, he's not just, 
He's not silent. He's not just a form or a set of rules. He's alive. And he wants you and I to know him, to actively know him. Right? He isn't just sitting silently in heaven, although right, the last 14, 15, 16 months, you've kind of, I've wondered, God, what are you up to here? You know, God loves to show us the way. And his goal in showing us the way isn't just the destination of heaven, but it, it's so that our, you know, so that his way actually becomes our way. Becomes our way of thinking, our way of acting, our way of loving people. In Psalm 32 and 8, God says this. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. You know, he's a good father who wants to lovingly show us the way to go. You know, another way to say that or to think about it is that our father is going to show us who we should be in him. Because it isn't just about, right, here's right and wrong, here's rules that we're following. Those exist, but they're meant to come out of who we are. Because what's he say? He says, I'll write my laws on your heart. It's supposed to be who we are. Jeremiah 6 and 16 says this. It's God speaking to the nation of Israel, but he says, Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient past. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Well, a crossroads is a place of decision, and the word ancient there actually means eternal. So God lets us decide if we will embrace his ways and make them our ways. Because it's not only good, but we actually will find rest for our souls there. <laughs> it's the adventure of being outside. You'll notice that we bought like sand bags, weighted bags for the, the tents because we had pictures of them like taking off like kites. Anyways, um, <laughs> there's rest for our soul in God's ways. It's a, so what that means is it's a place of abundance. It's a place of, of, of thriving. Because a soul at rest is healthy and productive. And the New Testament says that our soul can prosper, that we can prosper as our soul prospers. A soul at rest is healthy and productive. Right? It isn't overcome with worry or despair or, or fear Jesus is the way. I mean, he tells us so in John chapter 14. And so God the Father and the Holy Spirit are going to point us to Jesus over and over and over again. Because really, it's all about him. It's not about me. It's not about you. (laughs) It's about him. He is our way. And that should infiltrate every area of our life. It should change and continue to change, right? How we think, how we act, um, what we do. Husbands, it should change how you treat your wives. And wives, it should change how you treat your husband. 
It should change how we treat our family, our friends. It should change how we treat people that hate us, and hopefully those aren't the same groups of people. You see, it's possible to have a faith that is vibrant, a relationship with Jesus that is deep and meaningful, that it changes your attitude towards all of life, including difficult times and difficult people. In John chapter 15, Jesus uses a parable, right, which is a story that compares the kingdom of God to something familiar so that we can help, it helps us understand, right? And in John chapter 15, he's talking about a vineyard and how the grapes, the, how the grapes grow, and he says this in verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you, meaning you and me, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's amazing how we keep trying, though, isn't it? <laughs> he says, if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Just real quick to be clear, that's not actually a reference to hell because that's what a lot of people think because it talks about fire and burning. That's not a reference to hell. It's simply to illustrate how useless we become when we don't remain or abide in Jesus. Jesus wants us to thrive, to have all kinds of fruit, but that only happens when we stay connected to him. You know, we, we've got a plum, a plum tree in our backyard. I'm not actually a huge fan of plums. I, I, more than once I've wished that it was a cherry tree. But um, uh, anyways, we've got a plum tree. And when we bought the house and we moved in, the, it was like wildly overgrown and really in need of pruning. Um, it had all kinds of branches everywhere, all kinds of leaves, and, uh, but very little fruit. And I tried, to, uh, I tried to trim it. I couldn't do it. So finally, I hired a guy. And, um, and he showed up. And, man, he hacked that thing back to, like, a stump. Um, and, uh, um, it, it, he took all kinds off. And as we were doing it, one of my neighbors came out. And, uh, you know, nosy neighbors. And uh, he's a good guy. Anyways, he came out and he said, hey, listen, I would like some of those branches, if you wouldn't mind. We said, yeah, sure. Um, and... Um, so, you know, saved us a little work dragging them from the back to the front of the house. And uh, so we, we just threw them over the fence for him because that's what he told us to do. And, and so uh, those branches sat there for a few weeks or more. And I'll tell you, um, the tree lived, shockingly, um, and, and it grew and it had flowers, um, no fruit the first year. But, um, but the thing is, the, the branches that had been cut off that we threw over to the fence for my, my neighbor not one of them grew a leaf, you know, a flower, any kind of fruit. It seems obvious, right? It wasn't connected to the source any longer. So it couldn't grow fruit. couldn't even grow a leaf. I believe that if we have allowed it, God has used COVID to prune us. We, we have often in our history been busy with Christian activity, I think mostly because it just makes us feel safe to be together. We have a tendency to have a lot of branches, a lot of leaves, but not a lot of fruit. Because we were doing a lot of it without staying deeply connected to Jesus. This is what I mean when I said at the start, I've often asked I've often asked and wondered, Jesus, is this what you had in mind? Is this what you wanted? 
It's important. It, it's not just important. It is our lifeline to stay deeply connected to Jesus on a regular basis. It's why, a, as we have restarted, um, you know, and uh, as we've restarted, we, we have prayer every Sunday morning. And honestly, that, that won't ever go away as far as I'm concerned. And we do that because of, you know, recognizing the need for us to stay connected to Jesus, that if we're not praying, um, we're just doing it on our own. And honestly, this morning in, in prayer, it was, uh, there was just a deep and rich sense of God's presence there. It was good. I'd encourage you to give it a try. The thing is, right, when we decide to stay connected to Jesus, that is an ongoing daily decision. And when you do that, what you'll find is that you are growing closer to him, you'll feel more connected to him, and you'll begin to see fruit in your life. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God who called us into fellowship with his son is faithful. Now, you know, fellowship isn't just a Christian word. It's not, you know, Christianese, if you've heard that term. Um, but it, it is used a lot in, you know, Christian cultures, fellowship, right? And wh what do we mean when we say, hey, let's get together and fellowship? We're really saying let's get together and have coffee and dessert, something like that, right? <laughs> and, uh, um, but it, 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 it can be more than that. But it, we're talking about socializing and sharing, encouraging one another, praying for one another. It is an important part of Christian culture. Don't get me wrong. I know I'm, I'm poking a little bit of fun at it, but um, it's an important part of our culture. The point, my point in saying all that is this, is God calls us to the exact same level of fellowship, of connectedness with Jesus. God, who has called us into fellowship with his son, is faithful. God calls us to this same kind of relationship where we're with him, not out of obligation, not out of religious duty, but because we love him. Because we enjoy him. Because when we're with him, we find um, life, we find peace and fullness. And, you know, that this scripture in John 15 of the, the vine and the branches, Jesus says that when you, we do that, when we stay connected to him, we won't wither. What that means for us is that our faith won't seem bland. Um, it won't seem, uh, you know, like it's just some kind of an add-on or just, oh, yeah, no, it's something that I do sometimes. It means that we will grow, that we'll have a sense of connectedness to him, that we'll see fruit. You might actually begin to experience joy. It's one of the fruits. You might begin to love people that previously you had a hard time even liking. <laughs> you might have peace, and you might even begin to start to dream of what God can do. So I'm going to go back to last week a little bit and then, you know, and forward to June 27th when we're having a reconciliation day. What might God do for our First Nation, our indigenous communities? How would we know if we're not connected to the heart of Jesus? Because his heart breaks for them. His heart breaks for the lost all around us. He cares about our lives. He cares about your relationships. He cares about your money, your finances, your time. He cares about your kids. He cares about your job. 
and he has things he wants to talk to you about in that. But if we aren't making, you know, if we're not staying connected to him, then we just tend to go off and do it on our own. And we'll find that our life begins to wither. The great thing about this is that God has actually already given us everything we need to have this connected life with him. Right? He's given us the Bible, his words to us. He's given us a way to communicate with him through prayer. And he's given us his spirit who lives inside of us and helps lead us. So here's what I'm asking from you. <laughs> I'm asking you to commit to staying connected to Jesus every day. To make him your way. Right? Not just following rules, but to make Jesus, your way of life. I'm asking you to, this week, read your Bible. Even if it's just a few verses, but every day, read your Bible. Pray and try to hear what the Spirit is saying to you. Whether it's your, you know, your needs, the things that you're concerned about, the burdens that you have, or if he, you know, ask him if there's somebody in particular that he wants you to talk to do something for. God's already given us the things we need. Because, because, and here's why I'm asking you to do that. Because as things begin to go back to normal, I don't want us to go back to exactly the way things were. I want us to have all kinds of fruit. <laughs> do you know the saying, an embarrassment of riches? Right? I, I want, I want like, People to say, man, there's all kinds of fruit in your church, and for us to blush because we're so embarrassed <laughs> how much fruit there is in our church and in our lives because we've stayed so connected to Jesus. That's the kind of fruit that I think that he has for us. I, and I, I hope that it rings somewhere inside your heart that it's what you want, too as we abide in him, as we make him our way, our only way. So I want to pray for you today, and then the, the worship team is going to come back, and we're going to respond in worship. So here's, here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask where you are. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. You know, we don't have to close our eyes when we pray, but it, it just helps us from being distracted. Close your eyes and begin to focus on Jesus. Begin to thank him for who he is, how much he loves you, even if you're not sure about it. And all I simply want you to tell him is, Jesus, I want to be connected to you. Jesus, I, I don't want us to be, you know, the branch. You are the vine, and I, I don't want us to be branches that are not connected. I don't want us producing fruit from our own efforts, our own thoughts. Jesus, I believe that you have things in store for us that are beyond what we could ask or imagine. So God, keep calling us back over and over again. And Lord, we, right now, I'd I'll say it for all of us, God, we commit to staying connected to you.
God, when things want to grab our attention and distract us and overwhelm us and make us lose our way, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Draw us back. Lord, I pray for your protection over us. You, You tell us, Jesus, to pray for protection from our enemy. And so, God, I pray that you protect us from our enemy who's looking to rob, kill, and destroy. And Lord, may may we be so connected. God, may we see such fruit in our lives. That God, it'll just spill out from us into the lives of others. That other people, God, in, in seeing us, will, will recognize that you have good for them. And they'll be set free from what the enemy is put into their lives as well. Jesus, I just want to be connected to you in the depth of my being in every way that my ways would be your ways and only that. I pray this, Jesus, in your beautiful name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, Why don't you stand? Oh, <laughs> that that tent started to lift. Let's stand and uh, let's respond to the Lord and worship today. God bless you.